Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Yeah, great. So, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and welcome to the breakout room. We are live with our guest. Benjamin Owen. Let me tell you a bit about this guy. He's a world-class personal and professional coach. He helps clients exponentially shift their lives with his coaching. He works exclusively with professional people who want to end self-sabotaging or destructive habits that might be stopping them from achieving their goals and dreams. But that's just me talking. Let's introduce our guest, Benjamin Owen, and he can tell us so much more about himself. Welcome to the breakout room, Benjamin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Andy. I'm all the, all the better for seeing you and being on the breakout room. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. I'm here to, uh, to serve your guests and your, and your viewers powerfully. So let's uh, dive in, man. I'm, I'm really, really grateful to be here. Great. Wonderful. I love that spirit. I love your energy. I feel those vibes. Thank you for being here with us. And we look forward to a wonderful time as we experience your information and your knowledge and your expertise together with our audience. So Benjamin, I need for you to tell us a bit about you as a young man growing up. They say the age of reasoning begins at around seven. If you can remember any memories that you can recollect that would have had an impact upon your life growing up as a young man, could you share with us please? Yeah, I had a, I had a really great childhood. Uh, I had a, a childhood that was full of love for my, I had two great parents. I had a really great family and I had a really outdoors, you know, old school kind of upbringing. I spent a lot of time outside in the woods and, and I had a lot of, uh, a lot of support from my parents doing things from anything from ballet to rugby to all the different sports. And yeah, I was very, very lucky and fortunate to grow up in such a a great place in the world. I, I I grew up in a place called North Wales and full of green. And I, I've just, that's a big part. Like, you know, if I look back at my formative years, it was, um, there was a lot of things that, that really helped me become the man I am today. Not only just, you know, like I said, I really love and care and family, but equally there was lots of challenges, lots of struggles, lots of things that have made me the man I am today. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing, Benjamin. Some of those lessons, and I, I understand I'm hearing the importance of family, and that is so vital and necessary in the world today. Some of those lessons that you would have learned from that experience, 
how are you able to now put it into your own family life today? And maybe even share with others because you says it has a lot to do with the man that you have become today. What is the correlation or the connection between that time and who you are now? Yeah, great question, man. Um, so my mom and my, my dad, they, they separated very young. I was like four or five years old, very young. And I was a young boy. I was, uh, my, my father were, and my mother fell out. They were, you know, deeply angry and uh, annoyed at one another. There was a lot of, a lot of arguments and a lot of struggle that they had with their relationship. And, and what this meant was I, I lived in a, in a, in a house with an absent father. And it wasn't because he wasn't there emotionally for me. He was trying his best. He was working hard, but equally he wasn't there. And so for me and the, the big, a big part of what I do now is I, I help men become that man who a is not going to leave the home and be absent physically, yeah. but there's, there is an epidemic of absent fathers. And so, you know, from those young years, I had to find men, you know, really, really young on, like even my mum's partners or, you know, people that, you know, my, my stepfather, they became my, my role models. So fatherless home and it's like serendipitous now that i i teach men how to be the man that a can hold down a great relationship and a, and a fantastic job or, or business but whilst simultaneously being the father they they maybe didn't have uh, mm -hmm. you know i i have got a great father at the yeah. same time it, just the circumstances led to him not being able to be present in the home so yeah a big big uh part of my my kind of my character arc if you wish yeah yeah great wonderful thank you benjamin now you are involved in the awakened man project and i'm going straight to the direction in which you briefly led to and you say it's mainly to help men to improve their mental health how much of that is important with regards to the level of leadership not just in the home, but in the world, as we look around today, that mental health aspect, many leaders, fathers, men seem to be struggling with it. How can we help them, Benjamin, to find a way to balance the mental with the other aspects of their lives so that they can become more effective and efficient as leaders, fathers, and as men? Yeah, that, that's a, it's a really deep question, and I think there's, there's quite a few answers to it, man. And I, I can only just share my experience yes. is that yes. I, I work with men who are performing well in their businesses, perhaps performing well in a in couple of areas, but there's one particular area they struggle in. Mm. And, and I, I always quote the, the work of a guy called Abraham Maslow. Okay. And, and Maslow was famous for the hierarchy of needs. Everyone's heard about yes. the pyramid and stuff like that. But... He was also famed, not as famous, for saying what one can be, one must be. Uh, and what he means by this, and what you know, what he meant when he said this, was in any given moment, we're faced with one of two decisions. We can either move forward into growth, where we choose the hard and the uncomfortable decision moment to moment, or we can move back into psychopathology, which is anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and and like in like literally moment to moment. Which we get to choose. We get to choose. Do we choose the uncomfortable 
path towards growth and sometimes fear and all the discomfort or do I make an easy decision? And like the problem is, is a lot of men is that they, they choose the comfortable decision. So for example, in a, in a given moment, they, they could choose the hard conversation with a partner or the boss. Yeah. They could choose to, to act courageously and stand up for themselves, but they make the comfortable decision like, oh, I'll leave it. But the problem being is that when they come to make their next decision, they don't start at zero, they start at minus one. And then when they make it again, they make they they go to minus two, and so they turn around after say a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and they're like, "Hang on a second, where's all my confidence gone? How come I feel like you know? How can I feel terrible? How can I feel like all my courage or my resilience is just in the gutter?" And I've had so many men get on calls with me and say like, "I I feel like I'm at rock bottom." In just it can be a guy who's got millions in the bank. Yeah. It can be a guy at the, at the height of his career, but he's not doing it. So, yeah. So to help men, we've got to make them really, really clear like that they are in control of their own destiny. They can make those hard decisions. And it's actually empowering men with the tools in psychotherapy and from coaching, from other men to help them make better decisions. And the, the final part of this is, the only way for man to grow, I, I believe, is to get around other men. Okay. It's to learn to learn from other men because if you think the last hundred years, men have been isolated. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. I work from behind my desk all day. You know, I'm I, I don't see many other men unless I go running with my buddy in the morning okay. in the desert. So yeah, it's uh, I think it's uh, one of the things is helping men unite with other men. I think that's a big thing that's going to help men struggle less. Okay, so I'm getting two powerful things out of that, and I just want to deal with one first, Benjamin. How do you get men to choose the more strenuous part of resistance rather than the least part of resistance? You slow them down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah it's i think like, honestly it sounds such a simple answer but you know that it could be one of many answers obviously andy is a great question it is that so many men create their world from a place of reactivity they react to their circumstances so they react to their they wake up in the morning and they're on their phones they go downstairs and they react to you know, an email they might get, they react to what's going on on the news, they react to their boss, they react to their spouse. And so they spend most of the day in reactivity. Mm. And one of the distinctions I teach, and I think it's really important is to create, like you create your, your, your from the human spirit. So in the morning, I choose to come downstairs and I write and I journal and I go and create. So my day is always focused on creation before reaction. I create for four or five hours a day. And I often do them first thing in the morning. I've done them. So anything else after that is a bonus. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks for sharing, Benjamin. I get that. That's that's a really powerful uh, way of dealing with that kind of mindset. And the other thing you spoke about is men learning from other men, whether it be a, a mentor, a father figure, or in association. And I'm thinking that so many men that I have met, that I have spoken to, and I'm dealing with one gentleman right now, and they are afraid to open up. They are mm -hmm. afraid to share their own stories. 
they don't want people to look at them as being lesser than or being insignificant or he's not coming up to scratch or coming up to standard. Why do we have this fear, this innate fear that we just can't be open? It's, it's as if we're saying, okay, we can't show weakness. Why? Yeah. Um, I, I always use the, this, like the analogy of the, the soft front, strong spine mm-hmm. and the opposite of a man. So, you know, something I, I've always noticed is that men who have got a soft spine, a weak spine, have yeah. a hard front. They have this hard front where they, 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 they wear this mask or they wear this armor and it's like they feel hard. They feel cold. They feel stoic. And men who have done their work, who are emotionally resilient, they're just soft. They're soft on the front and they've got a strong, courageous, resilient spirit. And I think that what I've learned from being in groups, I've been in groups where now five or six years I've been doing men's work. I've been a coach for 15 years. Is that there's two types of love you get when you're struggling or when your things are hard, there's two types of love. There's the feminine kind of love, which is the soft, the nurturing, the kind and supportive. And, you know, I imagine Andy, you, you, you know, you, you give that to the people in your world. I, I do that in my, I give my kids soft nurturing love and that's the feminine kind of love. And on the other side, the, the tough love, the hard love, the, the, the smack around the side, of the head love, that's yeah. the, the, the masculine love, not physically smacking someone on the side of the head. But, um, but what I mean by this is you only really receive that from men, men, men giving that to other men is so powerful. So, mm. and I think men need that, you know, sometimes a guy can be really in victim mode. He's stuck. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost and he's been seeking support from the feminine and it's not feminine men and feminized men so so what what often a a man like needs is a step it up you know step it up and meet the challenge and i think that being in a group of men really does give that to a man in it in a way that no other setup can really yeah (laughs) wow that's a really powerful response benjamin thank you so much i appreciate it uh tell us a bit about fast way to fitness What's that project is all about, how it got started, and basically what you hope to accomplish? Yeah, well, well, actually, Fast was my uh, my first ever business. It was yeah. like my first proper business. So I, when I um, when I started in personal training, I, I knew that I wanted to I wanted to work in elite sport. I wanted to be working with teams. So I started off and I, and I managed to get some internships in professional football clubs. I managed to work with some high performing athletes, sprinters, golfers. Yeah. I I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't my thing. I just, I really enjoyed working with people that were mothers, fathers, lawyers, barristers, solicitors, you know, managers, leaders of companies. I just really found helping them get fit. Mm-hmm. And using the same level of coaching and support that you'd give an elite athlete to a normal person yeah. was just an amazing, you know, it was just amazing. So I, I started a business called Fast Way to Fitness. And it started off as a boot camp, like a, a you know, a fitness boot camp outdoors. And I remember I, I, I left my job at the time to and I and it 
had to work, you know, it had to work. I, le I left a really, really well-paid lecturing job and over, it was an overnight success. It, okay. it really blew up in the local town. It was really busy. And um, what that was about was helping people learn about food, focus, and fitness, three things, learn how to eat better, how to move and how to stay on track. And it was a, it was a, it was 10 years of my life, mm. but what, but what it did do, it helped me sit in front of other people. So actually what was actually happening, I, I had this gym and I actually bought a consultation room. I, I paid for a, like a hundred pound a month or 200 pound a month. I can't remember how much it was. I had this office and most of the clients used to come in and, and we weren't talking about calories. We were talking about relationships, sex life. We were talking about, you know, money and their bills and their worries and their concerns. So I realized that most of the things that go into a body transformation weren't just about the, the food and the fitness. It was about everything else that went on. And that's where I did most of my hours coaching. I used to sit mm -hmm. for six to eight to 10 hours a day, just listening to people talk. And yeah, so, you know, I did that for a lot, you know, a long time. And yeah. And like, I think it was last year I sold the majority share of the business because I, you know, I wanted to be a full-time, uh, full-time in, in awaken man. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful story. I want to shift gears a little bit, Benjamin. Thank you so much for sharing. And I want to show you something. I want to get your response on it. Here are five communication mistakes that are killing your relationships. The first one is finishing someone's sentences before they've had a chance to finish them themselves. This is telling them subconsciously that you haven't got the time to listen to them. The second one is invalidating them is making them feel unheard by the way that you're showing up. This could be having your phone on the table, it could be paying attention to the TV, or it could even be just blatantly not listening to them at all. The third mistake is being Google, being the all-knowing, all-solving, all-doing. Sometimes, some people, when they want to communicate with you, just want to be heard. The fourth mistake is one-upping everything they say. So they come and say to you, oh, I'm having real trouble at home. And you say, well, you'll never guess what I'm having going through at the moment. And that invalidates them. It makes them feel not worthy of sharing their struggle with you. And the fifth thing is listening to respond instead of actually listening. So when we listen to respond, we're listening. At some point, we stop really listening because we want to, them to stop so we can say what we think. Hey, that's a key to proper communication and exchanging positive vibes in a relationship. Where did all that come from, Benjamin? It was so solid. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> I, just, I just, when you put it up there, I was like, dude, that's like, yeah, thank you for, so much for finding that. Um, I'm really touched. I, I came from a family where, you know, a lot of those like, and I think this is something that uh, you probably notice, Andy, is that some of your biggest, challenges some of your biggest dark in your life has been your biggest light and that's the same for me i i came from a family of of really poor communicators i i came from a family of invalidators where you know we you know there's very a lot of love in my family but christ you know we would we would not listen to each other we'd one up each other and i was yeah i was a I love the sound of my own voice, especially at the young age of like in my teens and my twenties. And I realized, and I think, you know, you, uh, I take it, you coach when you sit and you listen to people all day, you realize that 
They're not there to hear you talk. They're, they're here to be listened to. And I had to really work on my listening skills because that's a big part of coaching. <laughs> it's just like... It so is, it really, it is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, and that was a big thing. I was like, when I first started coaching, I thought I just talked to people and quickly learned the skill of, of listening. And I sometimes in some of my coaching sessions, I'll, I will talk for 1% of the session. Yeah. Okay. But that 1% will be powerful. And so, yeah. Um, and also it's just been something that I've observed in a lot of men They and, and, and women, I, I coach women as well. Mm-hmm is that understanding that especially invalidating someone like when they really want to be heard and listened to especially men and the masculine wants to fix as soon as there's a problem i got to fix it and sometimes i've got to listen to pop like poppy my partner will come in and she'll start talking and, and i'll just say to her like hey do you want me to fix this or do you want me just to listen and she's like i just need to, to listen Okay. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's really and and it is a really powerful skill if you can really slow down to that and and listen. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful skill. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we do something that we call uh, emotional intelligence. That is being able to manage your feelings properly and understand. Hey, do I show leadership here, or do I show servanthood? Do I show humility? Stuff like that. And there's also something that is called humility intelligence, which helps us to understand, even though you think you know the answer, it does not mean that you have to pop up and just be the problem solver all the time. Sometimes you just need to remain humble. And in that moment, you learn something. So I get it. I, I appreciate that, Benjamin. Now, I, just learned, I just learned something right there. I've never heard of that. It's part of the new neurosciences that we do, and, and it's the neuroplasticity aspect of how the mind can train itself to respond differently as to what we've been accustomed to or trained to over the years. And if wow. we look at it from that perspective, there's so much more that we can actually learn, and, and that is the key to everything in life. Just be willing to learn every day, you know? Mm, so, yeah. That. Yeah. Now, you said here that you, you need, you find a way to help men to win the war within against the inner enemy. What would you describe as the inner enemy, the challenge of the inner enemy for men mostly? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't think that I, I, I had an inner enemy. I didn't ha- think I had a self a self sabotaging mechanism. And then one day, my my mentor, my my coach, and my business partner, you seen, said to me, "Ben, I think you self sabotage." I'm like, "No, no, no. I want to I want to be successful. I want to you know I've, I want to do great things, and I try really hard." And no, I definitely don't self sabotage. Like I think you do. And he pointed something out, and I was like, "Wow, oh no," and. And what he pointed out was one of the very, the very things that there's, there's two ways that we self-sabotage that there's two ways that the, the inner enemy works. If you wish this there's consciously and the subconsciously, right? So, so the conscious self-sabotage or the conscious work of the inner enemy, if you wish is given an opportunity where I'm like, Andy, I'm, I've got a speaking gig on. Do you want to come and speak on stage? 
and you consciously say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm too scared. That's like a conscious, I'm not going to, you know, we talked about before stepping into growth. We're stepping forward into growth. That's consciously saying, I'm not going to do that. But and then there's the more, the darker side of that, which is the, the unconscious self-sabotage. Now, the way the inner enemy works is it's like, you might've heard this before. The devil does its work in the dark. You know, it's really, it's really where you could be sitting and you're about to do your greatest work. So I sit, I come down, I, I, I get up at 4.40 every morning. I come downstairs, I'm either running or I'm, I'm writing. And I'm about to sit down and I'm right to write, about to write something really powerful, whether it's a, a podcast script or whether it's a, a video or whether it's a post that's going to go out to my, my, my followers. Yeah. And whilst I'm doing it, I have this huge desire or impulse to scroll on my phone. Ah, wow. Right? So what happens in that moment is there's an impulse to procrastinate, like a real impulse. And and it, it could be different for different guys. It could be some, for some guys, it can be to eat, to drink, to smoke, to watch pornography, to, to, to waste time doing the hoovering in the house. It can be anything. Yeah. But all, all your inner enemy needs to do is steal your attention in the very moment that you're about to move forward in your life. Mm. And it's so nuanced. Yeah. And like, so this, this was, um, this, there's layers to this is like, you know, do a whole training on it, but I have done trainings on this is it. If your most valuable asset is your attention. Right. And if your inner enemy can steal your, your attention by either with an impulse with an emotion, if you get flooded with a primitive emotions, you could be doing the dishes and you're about to go and do some work afterwards. I'll be doing the dishes. And all of a sudden I, I think about something that my partner's not done in the house or a way that my bosses annoyed me. And I'm flooded with these anger and rage and like hate and all these horrible emotions, which steals the very, very thing that I need in good state when I get to my desk. And I noticed this, I could see it, not just in my own life, but in the men that I was speaking to. So I would sit on calls and guys would start explaining this, like, I don't get it. I do this, like, I'm about to do something really positive. And then I do something dumb or I do something that's just not aligned with where I'm going. I'm like, oh, it sounds like you're, you're in an enemy. And I'll explain this concept of part X. And a lot of men just resonated with that. And, and women, you know, but, but they say yeah. men's got this, like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. So um, I just started creating ways that guys could find out how to fight that war, you know, that, and it's, it is a daily war. And, and this is the thing. It's, you're never going to be exonerated from that. It's the work. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful, Benjamin. <laughs> that's powerful. It's deep. Thank you for sharing. I want to share a picture with you. And I want you to comment on it. It's up there. <laughs> Why yeah, man. men need impossible goals? How do you respond to that? So, um, when I started working with with my coaches, and, and I think this is something that I learned really, really early on, is that there's three types of goals. There's an A type goal, which is like, I'm just going to go to the gym three times this week. Uh -huh. 
yeah, that's an A-type goal. It, it, I can do it as long as I get myself organized that I can just make sure I go three times a week. And a lot of people, they set A-type goals. I want to get to, you know, I want to buy a new car or I want to do that. They set fairly uh, A for average goals. Mm. Um, and then you also have B-type goals, which are goals that are stretch you. They're a stretch. They, there may be something you never achieved before, but they're a little bit beyond your limitation. But it doesn't really force you to become someone different. Okay. okay. It just because maybe maybe the best version of your current self. Impossible goals, where the way that to describe an impossible goal is that unless some sort of divine intervention or God Himself gets involved, you're not going to succeed. <laughs> and um, and this is like this this was um alien to me. I was like, why on earth would you set a goal that big? Because what happens is is that it constantly stretches you. You're constantly called to that bigger, that bigger choice. So going back to, you know, what we started at the start of the call in any given moment, I'm making one of two decisions. I need to move forward into growth or back into comfort. And if I want to achieve an impossible goal, I've always got to be making that, that choice. And it forces me to know what I really want. So when, when Pete, you and I sat down and we talked about the Awakened Man when we started. It started off as a small men's group. It's going to be a men's movement. And we want to change the way men's work and men's health and men's psycho uh, education is done. And we started with that trajectory. We're like, right, okay, this is going to be impossible. We want to serve a worldwide movement of men. Yeah. And that was impossible for me to do that on my own, to do that with my current understanding of how to run the business, how to, uh, it's way beyond me. So yes. it just, it's a calling. So every single day I wake up and I'm like, right, let's go and make this happen. So it's, uh, and then what I realized when, when you give, when you give people impossible goals, it shifts them to be someone entirely different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to raise hands to that. Benjamin, that's really, really deep stuff. Thank you for sharing so much. I want to shift gears a little bit more again. And I want to look at the aspect of writing. Have you thought about doing something, publication? Because <laughs> your stuff is so unique. No, serious. I mean, your stuff Thanks, is so man. unique, uh, Benjamin. It's, it's original. It's unique. And I think that maybe, just maybe, there might be a book or two in the making. That's funny. It's like the second person that said that to me today. I, I was on my call. I've got a certification group and I was on my call before and they, I just said, I've got about 150, 200 coaching tools in a, in a folder, like do a hundred coaching tools. And so, um, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, it, I think a book is a hero's journey in itself. I don't know. Have you, have you written a book, Andy? Yes, I have. Actually. Oh man. Tell me how. Yeah. Teach me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet it was a hero's journey in itself. It's hard. No, no, don't say it's hard. You write from your heart, Benjamin. That's what you do. Yeah, whatever man. you feel, whatever you think, whatever resonates with you, just express it. And then let wow. the editors do their stuff after that. But you just express it. Wow. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. listening to you on that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I see. Yeah. I think um
lot of on money of per, on personal development. Uh, an enormous amount, you know, enormous. My, my personal development bill is 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 large, and I've always just been serving clients. That's what I've been doing. I've I've learned something, moved it into clients, and I think what would be uh, timely at some point. I haven't made the commitment because I'm not. I've made the commitment. I know it's a commitment as well. So yes. when I make the commitment, I'll, I'm I'm gonna I will go all in on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, looking forward to that, Benjamin. I'm gonna hold thank you, you man. That. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, please do. So what is part X and what do we need to know about it? Why? What is part X? What's the significance yeah. of part X? Well, um, so I wanted to know whether I wanted to be a coach or a psychotherapist. I was like, do I become a coach? Do I become a psychotherapist? And and anyway, my, my, my coach at the time said, have you heard about a guy called Phil Stutz? And Phil Stutz is... Yep is a very, very, very famous psychotherapist in the States. Very, very good at what he does. And I got in touch with, with, with Phil. I was like, I reached out to him and, and he didn't get back in touch, but Barry, his co-author did. So Barry, Barry Michaels. And I said, Hey Barry, can you come on and teach us about what you do? And like, he said, yeah, which is like crazy amazing. Like he's been on some big, big programs in the States and we were just a small men's group. And he said, yeah. And he, he said, I got a good feeling about this. Okay. I'm going to come on and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you guys anyway. So I thought we were going to learn about psychotherapy and I thought we we're going to learn about what he does with, with actors. He talked for about 30 minutes about part X oh. and part X is this part of you that is there to sabotage your life, to stop mm-hmm. you from moving forwards. And if you think about this, Andy, this is, I mean, it made loads of sense to me when I heard it is that my brain is, it will choose survive over thrive. That's its its main mechanism is just like, if I can, st- if I can create tomorrow, the same as today, I've got prediction and response. That's how the brain works. Okay. If you, if I can make tomorrow, the same as today, it's likely that I'm going to live. Yeah. And so part X is this part of you that is there to shut down potential, shut down mm-hmm. any opportunity for you to grow any, any part there's a risk not just a risk of your physical self, your, your, like your, you like not risking your body, but also risking your soul. Yeah. Now the way that part X might show up for a lady looking for love is that she's about to go onto a, a dating website mm-hmm. and then the part X in sat on her shoulder says, don't go on there. <laughs> you, you, you're good for nothing no one's gonna like you no one loves you there's no point all men are hopeless and weak and broken and they're just gonna cheat on you and lie to you and so she says oh yeah i'm not gonna go on and then the following day the same part of her says oh look you're so lonely you don't ever bother going on dating sites you've got no confidence so it's like this trickster and for for men and for women, this shows up in so many different arenas in life, be it their romantic relationships, be it going for a job. You know, you could be going for the career move of your life and you've got this second guessing voice in the back of your head telling you not to go because you're worth nothing or you're, you're not as clever as the other person. So this can show up as the inner critic. It can show up as a self-saboteur, but you'll know that voice. And as I'm talking, you're nodding your head. So you, you obviously recognize it because everyone has it and, yeah. and nobody's exonerated from having it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. 
Thank you for reminding us, Benjamin. That's powerful stuff. I am observing that I, I have dealt with a number of clients and I keep, the way that I want to phrase it is not basically the imposter syndrome, but sometimes they appear to have double personalities. If they are in a particular environment, they are one way. And then when they go to the next environment, that changes. And what they are really trying to do is be a, a people pleaser more than just being themselves. But I observe that a lot of young people, youths between the ages of 18 and like 28, 25, they're going on that same road. How do we get them to realize that there's value in acknowledging who they are, accepting who they are, and being proud of that no matter where they are? Gosh, that's a, that's a difficult question. Um, Self-acceptance for me was, was learning about the two parts of myself. Yeah. So a big part of my... journey to, to where I am today was a session on a on a men's retreat when I was 30 years old yeah. and I just had a divorce I'd just gone through divorce um I'd just gone through some excruciatingly painful social experiences because people saw the wrong side of me and I did some things that I wasn't proud of at the same time you know all just just trying to deal with what was going on mm -hmm. And we did this exercise where on the front of the mask, we, we, we had a mask. I think I, I've got probably got some in my cupboard. <laughs> my, my kids draw on them nowadays. But um, so on the front of the mask, we put, we put all the things that we want the world to see about us. Like we put about loving, kind, happy, friendly, clever, all the things that I like to show to the world was on the front of the mask. Yes. And on the back of the mask, I had to put all the things that I know could be true, but I like to hide from the world. Yeah. And I was, so I wrote the words. So I wrote some words down like, you know, needy, greedy, money obsessed, uh, intense. And I put the words like shit, you know, shit son, you know, I, you know, it was like, a, it was, I wrote that word. It was, it was quite a, you know, a negative, but I actually wrote that word. And, and, and I was like, Oh my God, I can't even believe I've written. And I believed that about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem was, is that that was my dark side. That was my shadow. That was the part of myself that I was showing no love to whatsoever. Wow. I blame, I blame for all my problems. Start doing shadow work. <laughs> what I believe is that self-acceptance is a process. And I actually, I had to become mature enough to accept my whole self. Now, now what, what I do think is really important is for me, I felt okay to go and explore myself. I go and explore my mind, go and explore. And I didn't, so like, I didn't see going to therapy or going to groups as an issue. I didn't see it as weak. I didn't see myself as a weak man or a broken person for going and getting help. So the only way that you can really go that deep and explore is to feel safe enough to say, Hey, like, listen, I've got some struggles. I want to go and explore and I can be signposted to get the right professional help. And mm -hmm. what I mean by 
up is that if I had a tense muscle, I would go to a, a um, I'd go to a massage therapist. Okay. But if I've got a problem with my mind, all of a sudden, like, if I go to a psychotherapist or a, a coach, people see it as, oh, he's doing this weird thing. So I think it's destigmatizing the, the professional people that can really help young people flourish. All right. Yeah, I agree with that fully. So I've got one more video that I want to play for you. And let me see if I could just bring it up here. There you go. So Stop TikTok. trying to avoid feeling numb. Stop filling every space in your day with something. Stop working all of the time and telling yourself that unless you do so, you won't be successful. You already are successful. You just don't take a moment to sit and admire what you've already created because you're constantly trying to fill every space in the day with something. Take a beat. Wow. <laughs> ah, Benjamin, you just keep coming, coming, coming with all the goodies, all the good stuff. Where is that one coming from? Um, so um, my current work on, if you wish. Uh, I, I like being on a stage and, and speaking for hours and hours on end. That's my jam. I love I love longer interviews. Yeah. You know, the fact this was 45 minutes, I was like, oh, that's great. And I don't like doing short reels. I, that, I, actually, a real challenge for me to get that short and that, that concise. And um, I said to my coach, Tom, I was like, how do I, you know, how, how do you do, how does he do his? And that, he said, just talk to yourself five years ago, 10 years ago. Mm. So every day I've got a camera here. This is my camera. I, I get a coffee and I sit in front of my camera. And I just see what I like. The camera and just something comes out and I just talk. And that message is to my, my younger self. And people resonate with that. You know, I, I filled every waking moment with something because I was, I was just so trying to avoid slowing down and being soft. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we just have about two minutes to go and um, I want to give you a trivia. It's not really a trivia. It's like a choice. Um, you in North Wales, let me see. I want to associate sport with North Wales. So, if you had a choice, would it be soccer or cricket? Oh, I think it would be neither. It would be rugby. <laughs> I purposely left out the rugby because I wanted to see where your man was going to go. Why rugby? Um, it was a it was a sport that I loved with my dad. You know, my dad is a big rugby fan. It was is a mega part of our our relationship, and we talk about the rugby. And yeah, it's a it's a big part of my my heritage, my culture. I'm a, I'm a very passionate Welshman and it's just been a real great experience for me watching the national team over the last couple of years. And, and yeah, we've, you know, we've done, had some great experiences going to watch them play. So yeah, it's a really big, uh, even though it wasn't my sport, I didn't play it. I just enjoy watching it. <laughs> okay. So here's a tough one. Ryan Giggs or Garrett Bale? Oh, I had to be uh, Ryan Giggs. He was the guy ah. back in the day when I was watching. I used to watch. I used to watch football um, years ago when I was a kid. But uh, that's when, yeah, it was Ryan Giggs. All right, great, wonderful. 
Thanks for participating in that, Benjamin. Appreciate it. So we have come to the end of the program, but I want to give Benjamin the opportunity to share his social hash handles with our listeners. Tell them where they can get your information, Benjamin, if they need to make contact with you, get involved in uh, the Awakened Man Project, how they can do that. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I really appreciate that. And if, if you are interested in what we do, so if you're a man and you're listening to this, uh, you can head on over on Facebook to The Awakened Man Project. If you type in The Awakened Man Project, there's a group we have on Facebook. We give everything away for free in there. We give free trainings. We write for free. It's all good stuff that men can consume to learn about being a better man. And we're trying to grow that because we believe that if we give men the tools to, to perform, they will absolutely do so. We've also got the Awake Man podcast. That was a big, you know, a big start. We, we, it's just me and Pete, my business partner. We talk on that every single week and we share our journeys with, like through being conscious men. And the final one is actually, I'm trying to grow this channel. So if you've enjoyed what I've been talking about and some of the, the great clips that Andy's found as well, thank you, Andy, is at Coach Benjamin Owen on Instagram. So it's Coach Benjamin Owen. And and drop me a message. I'm, I, you know, I like to say Andy as well as like, he, Andy added me on Instagram. I'm the kind of guy that reaches out and says, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm a, a real person. I don't just collect followers. I'm, I yeah, love yeah. conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's how I roll. So yeah, if you've enjoyed the, the conversation, I'd love to continue it. Thank you so much. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for sharing Benjamin Owen, professional, personal, and high performance coach. An amazing guest indeed. So folks, remember, before we leave, our three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. And I know Benjamin, he's big on that. So go to his website, Check out his Instagram page, check out his Facebook page and get involved. If you need to be part of the Awakened Man Project, get in touch with Benjamin. The information is out there. I'm going to put that information out when I do uh, the edited version of this episode. So it's going to be all out there so you can get in contact. In the meantime, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development together with my guest, Benjamin Owing, saying so long, Godspeed, God bless, Shalom, Namaste. Bye for now, guys. Take care. Godspeed.